Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Man of the Post Weekend Review Show. Clearly not going to be a weekend review, but we're just trying to bring you some content since we've been away for, I don't know, a good good couple of months now. Um, I'm your host, Ali, as always, um, and joining me tonight, we have regular Mr. Dave Black. How are we, Dave? Hello. Yes, I am fantastic. Thank you, Ali. Uh, is this the beginning of the summer holidays for yourself at this time of year down south? Have you got a little bit to go? Uh, I mean, neither of my kids are at school yet, so it's irrelevant oh. to me. But I think uh, they start probably maybe next week, I think. Uh, yeah, they started a couple of weeks ago. So I knew there's always like a, a few weeks difference. Um, and completing the trio tonight is a voice any regular listeners will have recognised. The, the host who I took over from, um, he's coming back to join us this season on a regular, semi-regular basis. Chris, how are we? Hello. Uh, yeah. Hi. I'm. I'm all right. Are we not reviewing the weekend? I've. 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 I wanted to sit and talk about crying on my sofa and sleeping until midday. Is that not what we're doing? I, I just call that a Monday. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Also, I, I. I almost fell off my chair when you said today about being down south. For a second, it didn't quite click in my head what you were talking no, about. I, I, I was the same. I, I was very confused. I remember yeah. it. Scotland is north of where I live. <laughs> I, I'm the only person you can be south of, Dave. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> um, right, gents, we are going to start with a quiz, hence why Simon has um, decided not to join us. Um, uh, ten questions on Arsenal last season, ten questions on Dave um, for each year, and then if it's still a tie, we will go for a, a general Premier League. And then we'll just talk last season, see how Chris is feeling about bottle in the league um, well, it didn't take that long did it didn't, I had to get it in um, Dave's successful season and we don't talk about Liverpool so that's okay um, Chris since you're technically the guest um, we'll start with you for the Arsenal questions are you ready okay. uh, no but we'll go ahead anyway <laughs> um, who scored Arsenal's first goal of the season God um Oh, God, that was such a long time ago. Hmm. I generally do not know. I'm go- I am I don't think it was, but I know he scored in the game. I'm going to say Gabriel Jesus. It wasn't. You got the Gabriel, right? Oh, it was Gabriel, the defender. No, it was not. Not another one. Yeah. Not another. How was it? A 2-0 win over Crystal Palace. Question two. What was notable about Arsenal's fixtures this month? So you've got three three possible answers. Saka was involved in every goal Arsenal scored. All the games were away from home, or they were all won. What month was it? September. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> in September. Yes. Yes. I'm going to go out on a whim here, and all the questions are each month individually, but we'll see as we go along. Okay. Okay. So Saka was involved in all of our goals. Saka was involved in every goal Arsenal scored. All the goals were all the games, sorry, were away from home, or all games were won. Okay, so September's a short month in the Premier League, isn't it? There's only like three games in September, I think. Um, and died as well, which messed things up. Oh God, yeah, COVID. Um, but then against the World Cup as well. So it wasn't the, was the World Cup this season? Yes, it was. Um, God, I, I can't remember anything. Um, oh, God. Um, they're all quite viable, aren't they? Uh, I'm going to say that we won all of them. 
Incorrect. All games were away from home. Oh, that was my second choice as well. I didn't think it was Saka. But... Man United and Brentford um, in the league, and then just for it was Zurich, obviously in the, the Europa. The Everton game was postponed, which would have been the home game due to uh, both he's mentioned was the the death of the Queen. Uh, so that cut that down. Yes. So October question three. After how many seconds did Arsenal take the lead against Liverpool? Oh, God. 58, 71, or 102. Sorry, can you repeat the first one again? Yep. 34, 58, 71, and 102. 58. It is. One out of yes. four. I have to get one right. <laughs> off the board. That's it now. Uh, November's question. Question four. Which former Arsenal player scored at the Emirates to knock the Gunners out of the Carabao Cup? Okay. Uh, oh, it, mm, Danny Welbeck. Indeed, it was. Yeah, I know it was Brighton. I just couldn't remember <laughs> if there was anybody else who it could have been. And a, and a three-one, three-one win in the Carabao Cup. Uh, who was Arsenal's last player? This is December's question. Question five left in the World Cup. Oh Jesus. Who got to the final in the World Cup? I don't even remember. <laughs> well, that's Say that again, sorry. You're breaking yeah, up a bit. You know, in the final, because they won. That's, that's the only thing I could have helped you out here. It was, uh, yeah, Argentina, so. Yeah. <laughs> right, there was no Arsenal player in the Argentina squad. Or was there? Could no. Have been. Get rid of no, the yeah, yeah. And who did they play, sorry? I, I don't know. I don't remember who they fucking played. France. Um, France, okay. I don't think there's any France, French players. Oh, um, no. No, he didn't get into the squad. Oh, no. Yeah, Saliba. Saliba was in the final. He didn't play, but he was there. Well, he played 30 minutes in the World Cup campaign, but he made it all the way to the final. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome. <laughs> Dave, that's not how the quiz works. Just so... <laughs> Um, question number six, uh, January. Um, what was the lowest position of the teams that Arsenal played against in this month? Third, fifth, seventh, or ninth? God, the table's been weird this season. So January we had quite a run of games. Seventh. Fifth. Oh, bloody hell. Well, they played fourth place Newcastle, third place Man United, and fifth place Spurs in January. Spurs were fifth in January, bloody hell. January, yeah. Um, <laughs> it shows how far they, they um, dropped. I thought they off. were going to win the league. That's what everyone kept telling me. Yeah. Um, February. Who shot bounced in off Martinez to help Arsenal get a memorable win at Villa Park? Jorginho. Indeed. Three out of six or seven. I can't remember what we're on now. Um, March's question. Which player bagged a hat-trick of assists in Arsenal's win over Fulham? A hat-trick of assists? Oh, Trossard. It must have been, surely. Indeed, yeah. January signing. April. Arsenal's title challenge started to falter with consecutive 2-2 draws away at Liverpool and which London club? West Ham. Said with such great joy there. Um, it was, yes, it was West Ham. Um, May, uh, it feels like there is no hope now, said Martin Odegaard um, about the title race after a home defeat to which club? Oh, shit. Who beat us at home? Oh, um, no, it wasn't that game. That game was a draw. Oh, God. In May? In May. So it wasn't the Man City one. Southampton was the, the draw. Who else did we play in that shit run? It was a long shit run, in fairness. Like, it's yeah, not- <laughs> yeah, we, we, it, it, yeah. yeah, we were winning like five games, I'm sure. Beat Newcastle, but that was away. 
Who came to the Emirates and won? It wasn't Villa, was it? Got your answer? Yeah, I'm going to go with Villa. No, it's the, 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 the review show's second favourite team for everybody. Brighton. The final oh, one. fucking Brighton. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they spanked us, yeah. I respect 12 out of 10. I'll take that. With, with an assist from, from, from Dave. Uh, right, Dave. Mm. Yep. Four to beat. So, question one. Again, going in month by month here. So, August. Newcastle broke their transfer record to sign Alexander Isaac from Real Sociedad for a reported £60 million. Which country does he play at a national level? Uh, Sweden. Correct. One. September. What was the score when Eddie Howe came up against his former club at Bournemouth for the first time since leaving the Cherries in 2020? His former club, Howe, sorry. Bournemouth. Okay. Um, we drew one-one. Indeed, it was. Bloody hell! If he's a, he's a machine at these quizzes. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, Dave's going to walk this. Yeah. Uh, October. Almiron scored in five of Newcastle's six Premier League games during October. Which club did he fail to find the net against? Um. So in October we. Oh, Man United. There was multiple choices there, but I was just refused to give you. It was Man United. He scored against Fulham, Brentford, Everton, Tottenham, and Villa during October, but not Man United because it was a nil-nil draw. Um, it was on Fred's birthday. It was easy to remember. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> uh, November. Cam Wilson's early season form earned him a place in the England World Cup squad. Which squad number did he wear during the tournament? Um, I want to say 21. I do feel this is a harsh question, bear in mind it's really not a Newcastle. Uh, it was 24, though, Dave. Uh, near enough. Yeah. Uh, December's question. Newcastle returned to the Premier League action after the World Cup with a 3-0 win at Leicester. Who converted the penalty to open the scoring? Uh, Chris Wood. It was, indeed. Uh, January, Newcastle reached the Carabao Cup final with a memorable semi-final win over Southampton. Who scored twice for the Magpies in the second leg? Uh, Sean Longstaff. I've seen his name in there. I'm like, that can't be right. But yeah. <laughs> Carl, you're surprised <laughs> as I am. <laughs> it was, yeah. February, which player was sent off in the loss to Liverpool, meaning he was suspended oh. for the uh, final? Poor, poor old Nick Pope. I was reading this question, I was going, I'm like, who, what? and then I was like, oh, I remember now. <laughs> All the drama leading up to the final over who was going to go. <laughs> uh, sticking with goalkeepers, Alexander Isak scored twice past which international goalkeeper in the 2-1 win at Nottingham Forest? Um, Kayla Navas. Indeed it was. Kayla? Kayla? I don't know how you say that. Yeah. Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal? <laughs> April. Spurs were thrashed 6-1 by Newcastle. But what was the score after 21 minutes? It was 5-0. <laughs> that perked you up, Christy. That was a better one. I know, yeah. I know. That's good. <laughs> uh, what was notable about Callum Wilson's two goals in the draw at Leeds? Both penalties. Indeed it was. Uh, nine, nine out of ten, Dave. I've missed you, Dave. I've missed you. <laughs> Absolute no that was That was so impressive. Uh, he's just—I mean, he's bad enough when it comes to general Premier League questions, but when you go into Newcastle, you've got absolute zero hope. Um, right, boys, 2022-23 season, distant memory now. Um, I mean, Chris, I'll come at you first. Obviously, you—you you weren't really paying much attention to football as much, but obviously, Arsenal were giving you some sort of glimmer of hope most of the season. How how yeah. was the season for you overall, and how? How ultimately, obviously, like we'll we'll mock Arsenal quite happily um, on this show. But how how really did you feel about ultimately the team in the end? Because you really did overachieve really from the start of the season. But yeah, how I mean, how were you feeling throughout the season? We all how optimistic did you get to? And yeah, ultimately, how were you feeling in the end with the team? And 
Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic season. I think it's important that people do remember, like you just said, that it it was an overachievement. Like at the beginning, if you go back to the, like the start of the season in August, n- nobody would have given us a chance. There were still some people who were like, we wouldn't finish fourth after, you know, fair enough, we bottled fourth the season before um, due to a, a lack of squad depth and maybe a, la- a lack of experience. So to to even be leading the Premier League every day of the season bar 14 days uh, I think it was is is incredible and I like even if it had got to the point where we'd have finished third uh, at one stage you, you know you, you could I, I would have still considered it a successful season you know for me the way I see success is it's a, it's a scale of improvement so as long as you're always improving that that's that's good enough for me like obviously to win the league would have been fantastic and I, I'll be honest I tried to remain like you know we're probably not going to do it, you know, because it's Man City and they are amazing, and you know that you know you've got to be perfect to 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 beat them, um, you know, in the, especially, uh, you know, with their experience and their squad and everything and the additions they made, um, you know. So, but I'll be admit there was a time leading up to, I think it was the Liverpool game. I yeah. think after the after the Liverpool game, I started to think, do you know what, we can we could do this, um. And whatever, and then yeah, that went down to it became two, and then we had the two-two draw, and I was like, oh, maybe not. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I think it was a really, really good season. And I thought one thing I found really funny is that like all the um, talk at the end of the season was all like, oh, excuses, bottling it and stuff, and you know, you expect that sort of banter and stuff like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that um, uh, Jordan Henderson or somebody gave an interview the other day. Uh, and they were asking him about like Liverpool's chances of winning the league, considering where they finished last season. And he was like, "Oh well, obviously to beat Man City, you're gonna have to go through a perfect season, you know, because we all know how good they are." And everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right." And I'm thinking, "Hang on a minute, we said the exact same thing a few weeks ago." And it was like, "Oh, you bottlers and all this." Um, but yeah, no, yeah, really good season. Very happy with it. Uh, delighted with the progress of the team. And if we, you know, if we can make the right signings, um, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not going to say we're going to go out and win the league next season, but I, I, I just would just like us to be in the fire again, uh, you know, and just keep that improvement going. You know, we've got European football, but like Champions League football back for the first time in a long time as well, um, which is, you know, which is great for the club. And yeah, it, we're definitely going in the right direction. So I have complete not a faith in the process. Yeah, um, Dave, for yourself, I mean, again, just your, your overriding thoughts on, on Arsenal. And then, again, pretty much the same questions for yourself. You were a bit not, not sceptical whether top four would be definite. This Obviously, you, you, you converted quite early on, finally, when you realised how bad others were and how consistent you were staying. But, yeah, I mean, you, how, how did, obviously, your, the season was a success. But, yeah, how ultimately, what was your overall riding? Almost wavelength how, how you went through the season um well i mean we'll touch on arsenal first i mean i think when we did the preview pod i think was that did i have arsenal fourth i can't, I can't remember what it was now but i thought that, you know they would, they would edge out somebody getting the top four because of um jesus uh i thought it would be wasn't the final piece of the jigsaw but i thought it'd certainly help um and they obviously did for a bit but then he got injured and, and such like but um as Chris said, you kind of call it their season a failure. I think finishing second from the outset would have been incredible. Um, it, it, obviously, the way it unfolded, before we look back at it and see it as an opportunity lost, especially if they don't go on to win the title in the next couple of years, because that squad Arsenal's got, I mean, the core of the players are all under 25. They're all only going to get better. Um, so, yes, it was an opportunity lost, but there's also plenty of potential for it to be another season like that uh, coming up. Um, obviously, probably off cliff at some point, but we'll wait and see if the lawyers can do us a favour on that one. Um, as for us, I mean, again, start of the season, the previous season, we'd obviously gone from 18th to 11th, uh, or 19th, 11th, whatever it was, in double quick time once once Eddie got them playing the way you want them to, and that was obviously very encouraging, but um, I'd have been happy to push for, you know, the top seven and try and nick a European place, but it became quite apparent early on that we were far better than that, I think we went to with Man City quite early on and that was a bit of a, a light bulb moment for a lot of us thinking you know we can actually actually got a pretty good team here um, there was always going to be doubts about whether we could sustain it over the season but in one way or another we did um, had an incredible you know run in the run of the World Cup where we 
We only lost once by the time we came to that World Cup. Um, and well, I say once it was apparent that you know Chelsea were actually terrible and Liverpool, Liverpool couldn't win away from home for the first five or six months of the season, really. Um became pretty apparent that it was there for the take and if we could keep up our form and luckily we did. Um, there was a few blemishes along the way. It's a little bit distracted by the cup final, but you wouldn't swap that out. Um, you know, we hadn't played in the cup final for whatever it was, 20-odd years. Um, all right, it would have been nice to win it, but beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> it's nice to be in that situation. So top four in a cup final is, is up there with one of the best Premier League seasons we've ever had. Um, and I don't think we'll be able to get top four again this coming season um, because of the teams I've mentioned there. I think they're all going to come back with a vengeance and I don't think we'll have enough squad depth to deal with it just yet, but um, we're probably ahead of schedule in terms of getting to where we want to be in the longer term. Well, yeah, that's that was pretty much going to be my follow-on question, like to try and bridge on the next season. Yeah, like how Champions League probably was in the, probably even in the, maybe not so much in the owners, obviously they're very ambitious, but in the, the general grand scheme of things, it was probably one step too far getting almost immediately into top four um, because it almost requires like now like huge investment right away to to jump from arguably what you'd be fancying as as you said Dave like a a Europa League spot sort of thing or Europa Conference um, and then building up bit by bit whereas now you're having to like almost invest in immediate Champions League ready quality like straight away. Well, that's it. I mean, it's. Uh... It took Man City a long time to actually break that top four. They had um, you know, quite a few fifths and sixes, and seemed, I remember they missed out to Spurs towards the end of the season one year. And you know that, this was a time before lots of clubs were minted. Um, you know, Tottenham weren't exactly spending that extravagantly back in those days, and they were unable to overhaul them for a few years until they really got going with um, you know Aguero and whoever else came in. Um, so, like I say, in that regard, I think we're probably ahead of schedule, really. Um, but I do worry that, um, you know, like Chelsea, for example, worry me because they don't have the the, Euro- the European football to come this season. Um, now they're to Tottenham. Um, Chelsea can only get better. I refuse to see them getting any worse with the players they've got. Um, and obviously, you know, Pochettino is a, a good hand. Um so I, I do worry that we'll be left behind a little bit, but should have enough about us to finish in the in the top seven, I think, anyway. Yeah. So so far, what what incomes have you got so far? Like who's who's through the door? Um, well, Sandro Tonali signed from AC Milan. Now, yep. I'm not going to pretend I know loads about Sandro Tonali, but um, Italian under twenty one international has played for the, the full national team. He set us back fifty five million, so presumably. Um, is a good player. Um, I think a bit like when we signed Bruno Gamares, I'd be surprised if he's playing every minute, every week from the first, from the get-go. Um, he's obviously been away with the under-21 tournament, so he's probably not going to get a full pre-season either. Um, I think he'll be bedded in steadily uh, over the first few weeks and months of the season. Um, but obviously, if he, if he plays to his potential, he's going to improve us no end. The plan seems to be to get someone like him who can play a little bit deeper, which will free up Bruno to play a little bit further forward, which absolutely fine by me. Um, he's more creative than pretty much everyone else we've got. So um, rather than go out and spend $65 million on someone like a James Madison, which a lot of media speculation we're going to do that, um, I'm much happier, I think, with this method of, uh, of getting Bruno further forward. Um it seems likely we're going to sign Harvey Barnes as well from Leicester. Um, I'm not too upset with that. He's a good player. Um, he's more of a, I guess you'd call him like an output winger. Um, he's not, you know, he's that maximum type who's going to pick the ball up on the halfway line and skin loads of players and whatever else. He, he seems to be quite good at you know, ultimately scoring goals and getting, getting assists, which uh, is what we're all about. Um, so... Hopefully we we'll get that one done sooner rather than later. It seems quite likely, but uh, it's never done. Let's done. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the sooner the better. I think that's the that's, that's the matter for all clubs, especially in today's like the, the way coaches want, you know, specialised formations and 
and and tactics set. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how, how all teams go. Uh, Chris, for yourself, um, confirm signings through the door, and then about players you reckon you need. And obviously, is Declan Rice isn't confirmed yet, is it? Is it? No, not yet. It, it, even though it seems to have been going on for forever, it's the <laughs> the worst kept secret in football. Um, he's currently training with the Portuguese national team. Weirdly, uh, really? um, yeah. So, so uh, well, I think there seems to be some kind of camp going on because uh, Cancelo is uh, out there training with them as well. Um, oh. I don't know if it's the whole team or not, though. And who who's who's confirmed through the door so far? Is there anyone? Uh, yeah, Kai Havertz has come in um, from Chelsea yep. for for around sixty five million. Uh, a bit of a surprising signing. Uh, I I personally am not entirely sure where he's going to fit in. The talk is that he will drop into the left eight spot. Um, that uh, Xhaka has freed up now. Now Xhaka's moved on. Um, uh, he's capable of it. So I remember when he was back in Germany before he went to Chelsea. He's played that position before, uh, and he, you know. Uh, but I think the problem's going to be is because most football fans only know the Premier League. They're going to see the Kai Havertz who's been at Chelsea for the last three years, <laughs> and uh, and has played as a number, has played as a nine and a ten. And I don't think he's any of those things. You know, he's a he's a tall player, which I think makes people think he can play up front. And he has done. He's played up front for Germany. And he's played up front um, when he was back in Germany, back playing in Germany as well. You know, so he, he he can perform that role to a degree, but I don't think in the Premier League that's his best position. If you watch him play, he does like to drop deep a little bit. You know, so you'll often find him around the you know around the centre of the pitch and stuff. And he, his passing range is is pretty good. Uh, and yeah, he'll win. He'll win. The, you know, he's quite, he's he's stronger than he looks, and he'll win the ball. So I imagine the plan will be to have him in that kind of role. Um, you know, throughout the season. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't think he's the player we needed, but apparently, you know, Mikel wanted him. He fits the profile of the sort of players we are trying to sign. They splashed that £65 million on him, so they obviously do believe in him because, you know, Arsenal, you know, even though we've made some decent signs in the last few seasons, we have not wanted to overpay as as we, we've seen in January with Mud- Mudric um, and stuff like that. You know, you can't really argue. We, Mikel hasn't made a bad signing yet. You know, so we, there's been a few people who have balked at some of the signings, like when we brought Jorginho in and stuff like that. But they've come in and they've been exactly what we needed. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, Durian Timber, apparently. Well, no, apparently we've all seen him in an Arsenal shirt. He was, <laughs> he's, you know, he's his brother hosted a goodbye party for him last week with, with the official club sh- uh, photos being used the arsenal website published those photos this afternoon um and still we still haven't announced him um it, you know the declan rice photo shoot of him in his shirt was completed nearly two weeks ago uh, they closed the emirates for a day to do it um and that's still not been announced and apparently west ham are slagging us off in the press today um so I don't know what it is. I don't. There's been a history at Arsenal of signings being done, and then the, for some reason the social media team or whoever it is that's holding them up, uh, West Ham are actually saying it's down to our lawyers that they've signed all the paperwork days ago. It's Arsenal who haven't signed the paperwork. But I've heard in the past that the people behind the Arsenal social media team they won't do anything until it's perfect. So that's caused quite a few signings to, you know, to to not be reve- uh, uh, unveiled until well after things have been done. Even the Kai Havertz deal leaked, and um, there were photos of him in his Arsenal shirt days before, and and he was with Jorginho at um some somebody's wedding uh, earlier, and was it Kepa's wedding? I think they were at, and they were literally po- po- even they were taking the piss about the not being announced and stuff. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, so yeah, we've got Timber, Timber and Royce. I'd say they're definitely coming in. There's no way they're not. I think Timber's an interesting signing, considering he's predominantly a right back. Uh, and obviously, I, I don't know if you guys agree. Next season at right back last season, um, I'd say he was easily the best right back in the in the league last season. I know I might be a bit biased, considering he's one. He, well, one, he obviously is an Arsenal player, but two, he's not a natural right back. Um, he has played centre back and midfield. Um, most of his career and, and has played the odd game at right back, but I thought I thought he was absolutely fantastic last season. Um, but then, you know, that, I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves. Um, I think what that means though now is the I will I imagine Timber is a, a decent signing because if you look at the way he plays um, in with, with Ajax, he does what Zinchenko does 
on the left. So Zinchenko, even though he's our left back when he starts, whenever we've got the ball and we're in transition, he drops into a midfield role. Yeah. T- Timber will do the same on the right hand side. He 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 will drift into the right into a right midfield side. So it gives us that, that little bit more balance. Whereas when Ben White plays right back, he bombs up the field like a, like Carl Walker. Uh, he's like, he's more he's more like a, a traditional um, attacking um, right back, just staying down the flank and stuff. So I think Timber will give us that option to switch the play around that side, uh, and obviously he can play inside. There's also talk that Ben White will go into midfield next season at times. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but Ben White is an accomplished mid- defensive midfielder. He actually made his England debut in as a midfielder. He played there for Leeds, didn't he, in the promotion yeah. season? Yeah. yeah, played there in Leeds. Oh, so obviously, it was in the Championship as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then he, obviously he dropped back into centre back. Obviously, Declan Rice is the same sort of thing. He was a he was a centre back, played in defensive midfield, and then and swapped a bit. Uh, and obviously, other quality players like Phil Jones have done that as well. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, Ben Ben White is very good on the ball. You know he's. He, 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 you know, he, even when he's played right back, even when he played centre back the season before, he he was known for striding forward quite comfortably with the ball. Uh, very similar to the way that um, Levi Colville plays um, for the England under 21s and at Brighton last season as well. So, so I think we might see. I think it gives us a little bit more variety, even though we're not technically signing the, the traditionally the positions that the, the um, that most fans think we need to sign in, like Zinchenko and that. Uh, Arteta's philosophy is to philosophy rather is to sign players who, who can adapt a system, fit into the system he wants to play, that but can also adapt to a, new systems within the game and also play multiple positions. Because obviously you know, Zinchenko is a left back for us, a central midfielder for his country. Um, you know, Timber can do, Kim, Timber can perform a similar role. Ben White can play in similar positions as well. Um, so that gives us more defensive midfield options there. Um, there's talk that we're still looking for another left back and another right back, strangely. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure where that leaves Tomiyasu, but uh, Arteta did give him um, an interview the other day where he was talking about... So Tomiyasu played at left back a few games last season. against uh, One of those was against Liverpool uh, and had a great game. So the, uh, he, he was asked about that and he was like, well, yeah, he's got a great left foot, you know. So if we seem to have gone cool on some of the left backs we were looking at. So I could potentially see Tomiyasu switching into the left when needed and then bringing in another right back. That implies to me that Ben White will not play right back next season, so we'll get another position. Um, he could even, you know, he's not going to get the centre-back spot because I think, you know, um, Gabriel was fantastic last season and you ain't taking Saliba out of that team. But it gives us that extra depth, which is definitely... Defence was where we were lacking last season, I think. Um, other signings, apparently we, we want a right-sided attacker, which is something we've been looking at for a while. Um, they are currently looking at Moussa Dembele at Leverkusen, apparently. Um, but there's been all sorts of rumours. Apparently, uh, Today, someone told me we're going for Jadon Sancho, um, <laughs> which I wouldn't be against. Before he went for Man United, he was a cracking player, you know, and I don't, that's very similar to the Kai Havertz there. I don't think you can judge some players by their transfers. You know, there's been plenty of world-class players that have gone to Man United and Chelsea, weirdly, um, those two clubs. They've gone there and, and, and been dog shit and then gone somewhere else and been all right. Well, more than all right, you know, and stuff like that. You know, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to Sancho, but, you know. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, I, I would expect us to sign um, one more, one more right, uh, right-sided attacking player, uh, apart from the two lads we're in for. Uh, I think our biggest business has been tying players down to contracts. Saka, Martinelli, Saliba all signed new deals. Uh, Ethan Namwari, uh, the youngest player in Premier League history, signed a new deal with us after some competition. Uh, from a few other clubs for him, you know, so tying him down is quite important. Reese Nelson, who seems to actually have learned to play football in the Premier League and not just, you know, doing what he's been doing when he's been on loan um, and, just, you know, not getting a run of games. He's been brilliant. We signed him to a new deal as well. Um, and I'd like B- Balogun to stay and be given a chance. Um, I don't think he wants to. I think he's unfortunately being advised that he's better off leaving. If that's his decision, then we'll have to respect it. But obviously, with how he played last season he, he, in France, he, I think he was the third best striker in Europe last season. 
Um, and I, so obviously I know it's France, but you, you can't you, the, the press can't use the argument oh it's a farmers league when they praise the other strikers over in that league yeah. who've been banging in goals. It's, it all depends on what your name is, though, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, so I'd like to see him stay given a chance. I don't think Eddie made the most of his chance last season. I think he did brilliantly after the World Cup, when um, before and after the World Cup when Jesus was injured. He did absolutely brilliantly then, but he literally he went off the boil um, towards the end. Like He could have kept, he could have kept that position um, because obviously Jesus could have come in and pl- switched into a different position. Um, but he just, I think as soon as he had some competition, he sadly just went off the boil a bit so I would like to see Balogun stay and be given a run at that but I don't think he wants that I'd also like to see Patino stay I, d- I personally don't think he's ready for pre- Ars- Arsenal Premier League football um, I'd ideally like him to go out on loan again to a Premier League team I think he'd be, he'd do brilliantly at a Premier League team uh, like lower down in the in the in the midfield or something like that um, but apparently he's demanding first team football and won't go out on loan as well which I think is a bit strong considering you went to you know okay you've had a decent season at a Blackpool team that were relegated um, I don't yeah, yes you can say you want to you want to go to a Premier League team and get some experience or something I don't think you can turn around and be like I want to play week in week out in a team that's going to be in the Champions League so but that's what's happening with Balogun and, and Patino but I'd like them to stay and I think they'd be important signs if they did but it's unlikely. Uh, yes, Dave, pretty much for, for yourself, um, expected incomes, players, maybe not even as much players, what what areas would you like to see looked at and yeah, any rumours that you're, that you're hearing of players you're looking at as such? Um, the rumours are quite still on the ground. I think it's quite apparent that, you know, Tonali and uh, going back last season, uh, Isaac came totally out of the blue. Um, there was no real build up to those signings that just happened one day um which is fine by me but it just means we you know we don't really know um we've been struggling with actually Tierney from arsenal um that seems to be a name's not going away um i would like another left back uh dan burned a good job there but um i don't think he's uh- sustainable there hang on what happened to dave did dave just praise dan burn on this podcast no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a dan burn convert um, he, he's a he, he was far 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 better than i ever thought he'd be um you've changed dave i have changed yes i'm now in, <laughs> I'm now in love with a six foot seven geordie man but never mind um so yes i'd like uh an out and out left back really to Games and competition. We still do have Matt Target on the books, um, but he barely kicked a ball um, since about September last season for various reasons, injuries, and then she couldn't dislodge Dan Byrne, apparently. Um, I do wonder if we'd move him on, um, if we can get a replacement, just because when he signed, he didn't seem that keen to commit to living up north. I just wonder if he kind of said, well, I'll do it for a year and then we'll see. Um, which might explain why I didn't get much game time, but that's just me speculating. Um, that's the issue we've got, though, is that um, we're, we seem to be the only club in the world who takes notice of financial fair play, FFP. Um, it seems quite likely that we can't buy anyone else after Harvey Barnes unless we sell someone else. Um, and whether that's St. Maximin, who's kind of on the fence, um, or you know someone like a Matt Target, or... Um, We've got a lot of squad players who are just eating up wages and, and space, really, like Ryan Fraser, Javier Manquillo, Carl yeah. um, Darlow's still on the books. There's, there's a number of them who are just there, um, who one day will leave. But on the same token, we've also given Matt Ritchie and Paul Dummett uh, a new contract, which is bizarre. But I guess Eddie Howe likes the team spirit and the team bond we've got, which, again, understandable, really, once in the year we've had. We wouldn't want to dismantle that too quickly, so it's uh, it's all a work in progress, really. Yeah, it's almost like the, the baby steps, isn't it? Like you, you don't yeah. want to, if they're an integral part of you know training every day and part of this the the leadership groups amongst the players. You don't want to get rid of them all like short and sharp um, and just destroy everything that's been built. Um, right, that's both your teams covered. I'm going to go over. I've just went on the Sky Sports transfers in and out, um, so. Players that I haven't known, like have came in, and I'll get just a quick, three quick synopsis of from both of you, how well you you think they're doing. We'll see. So, 
I'm going to start with a, a free transfer. Just we'll go in alphabetical order here. Uh, I didn't realise Tillman's. Uh, I knew he went to Villa, but I didn't realise he was a free transfer. Um, it's a like cracking mm-hmm. business, is it not really? Yeah, great bit of business. I was really surprised considering how long we were linked with him for. Um, but obviously, you don't know what went on behind the scenes or whatever. But we didn't make a move for him in the end. Um, maybe it's down to the fact that he was, and I, he didn't do well in a very poor Leicester team last season. Um, as well, but yeah, cr- absolute cracking bit of business by Villa. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried well about Villa. They're, they're recruiting well, got a good manager. Finished last season like a train. Yeah, they could they could do really well. Yeah, the momentum's there, and, and again, I've, I've said it for for a couple of seasons. Their owners are so ambitious as well. Um, that'll be an interesting one. Um, another one again, just because who who his father is, and he was very highly rated when he was younger. Uh, Justin Clivert went to Bournemouth. Yeah. Is he mm. just falling off a cliff? Is this why he's... I mean, I've not really followed his career, but pretty sure a good three, four years ago, he was very highly highly rated, was he not? I think he's always carried the surname. I think he's always right. kind of been like trying to live up to that, that Clivert name. Um, yeah. He's doing it wrong. He's, he's a decent player. Um, Bournemouth probably about his level and that's yeah not being harsh but um, he he seemed to do all right when he because he was at Roma for a bit wasn't he he seemed to do all right at first there but then Mourinho gave him a kick in (laughs) and and ever since then he he bombed he just disappeared yeah because he was he was another one being linked with a lot of big a a Premier League move to a lot of big Premier League clubs and then yeah Mourinho came out and and he, it was a time when Mourinho was slating off half his Roma squad, <laughs> and Clivert was one of them. And then, yes, yeah, suddenly no one wants to touch him. So was it Clivert who was Fulham trying to buy him, and he failed to get a work permit? Possibly. I think that Somebody, could, it, it rings was, a bell. Yeah, when he was like seventeen. I don't know. It was it was obviously after the Brexit thing went through, and it was all of a sudden became very hard to get players from abroad. Um, I'm sure it was him. I might be wrong, but. Someone will correct us, I'm sure. But uh, he just needs he needs a home, like somewhere he's going to actually like put time into him because he seems to move around a fair bit. I, I mean, yeah. I think Bournemouth are definitely going to give that as well. I mean, they've spent almost ten million on him, um, according to guys. So it's not like a, a drop in the ocean for a team like Bournemouth. Uh, Brentford signing Romeo Beckham. He was on loan. He was on loan there last season, wasn't he? He's on oh, a development he? contract. Yeah, he was on loan there from into Miami. Um, he's on a <laughs> development contract. Apparently, it's, he's over here doing other things um, and wanted to continue his football career while he was here. So he was playing for Brentford B on a oh. development loan. Uh, but yeah, they've, I think they've made that signing permanent now. It's a hundred percent a fucking PR stunt, isn't it? Like, apparently, sure. he's, apparently he's quite good. He's, he's, he's played a few games for Inter Miami as far as I'm aware I remember seeing a video of him um, earlier towards the end of last season when he was playing for Brentford B because um, obviously he, t- he took a free kick and scored it so <laughs> obviously that went all over the internet and stuff but yeah apparently he's quite highly rated um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting I, I do feel for the lad regardless even if he is good because he's got to live up to that name I was going to yeah. say you think, you think Justin Clyburn's got it bad <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Um, we we spoke about this in the, in the WhatsApp group. James Miller to Brighton. Um, Dave, you I think it was yourself that mentioned it for the Thursday night. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It it doesn't. It doesn't. Like I know you don't like him, but he's a very intelligent footballer. Like he, I mean, he's not. He's not going to win your game single-handedly, but he could go to Brighton and he can play right back and play left back and play centre mid. Probably do a job elsewhere. Mm. Um, they play like a very flu- they play a very fluid style of football. Yeah, he'll he's got just no legs. He's got no legs though anymore, has he? He hasn't had he hasn't had legs for like last two seasons. Well, that's what worries me. It's the type of it's it's not it's not so much a, a team. Oh, I can't, no, I'm contradicting myself. It's not like a team getting into Europe taking them. It's a team who play the way Brighton play taking them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think if we had gone somewhere like West Ham, who who play a slow yeah. transitional game. Where yeah. he, you can play through him and he hasn't got to be that mobile, you know, someone like him or Jordan Henderson would be would, would be great. But yeah, Brighton are a, a team that bomb forward and <laughs> stuff. And I can just imagine J- James Milner just standing there, with his hands on his hips, watching his teammates run past him. 
Yeah, like like Jordan Henderson does every single week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's for me, it's a strange run. Um, do you, my only thing, Dave's logic that he put in the chat about Thursday nights, don't get me wrong, his, his leadership type qualities that you'll have will be incredible for some of the young players at Brighton Hall in, in those scenarios because he has played in every type of game yeah. possible. Um, I just worry it could be like like the and I, I I'm sorry to rail on Jordan Henderson. I know a lot of Liverpool oh, fans really rate him and stuff. In, jump in. But but if you look at if you look at Liverpool when they were at their best the last couple of, like apart apart from last season, if you look at them when they were at their dy- dynamic best, they were bombing forward. The whole team moved forward, like the way Brighton do. Then you get to the point where this season and towards the end of, uh, uh, you know and, and coming into this season their midfield c- was completely flat it was dead you know they've got Fabinho um Henderson Milner's probably played a few games and whatever not these aren't terrible players they're still great passers of the ball and whatever but that dynamic that dynamic style of play isn't for them anymore so suddenly when everything's going through Jordan Henderson he'll still pick a pass and whatever but everything slows down because he's got to receive the ball turn look through space so you see it a lot where you've got the likes of uh Salah and that lot they're all bombing forward in the, the same way they have done previously but the speed of service just isn't there for them anymore and that's the sort of thing that could happen to someone brought to Brighton with someone like James Milner in the team that transitional play if he's the transitional unit in the middle it's not going to come because the ball's going to go to him and slow it and he could potentially slow it down it could go the other way though because David Beckham was similar David Beckham had no pace linking it back into the what we were talking about just when when he dropped deeper stop Stop. I am not allowing that you're not allowing to carry on a conversation where you're comparing James Milner David Beckham playing defensive midfield. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not comparing him. I'm not, just saying that when... You're going to when Jordan Henderson and Roy Keane. I'm just not having But when Beckham dropped deep, he even though he had no pace, because his range of passing was so good, it didn't stop that sort of game. I don't think James Milner is capable of that. Because he, he is a sideways passing five-yard ball merchant. David Beckham dropped to defensive midfield and a, and a tremendous Real Madrid team and won the league. James Wilder's going to Brighton. That's it. Brighton, Brighton, the champions next season. <laughs> That's it. You, we've clarified it here. Um, Burnley have made four signings. I have no idea who any of them are. So, <laughs> um, Michael Obafemi from Swansea, Daryl Day, uh, Vigoru, Filora. Is he a goalkeeper? Sounds like it. From Leighton Orient. And a Jordan Bayer from Mönchengladbach. Um, Burnley as a whole will be quite interesting this year. Um, We'll, we'll discuss them more in the, the preview for they, they, They've also signed uh, Trafford. Is it James Trafford? The yeah, the 21's goalkeeper. They're trying to get that done, aren't they? I think that's a really good, good catch. 15 mils. Good price for, for yeah, that, I think. Yeah, good. didn't concede a single goal in the tournament. Saved a penalty in the in the last minute of the final. I've well. seen the penalty one, yeah. Um, I mean, Chelsea's big signing, Nicholas Jackson. Quite young from everything I've read. Mm. Not going to be like a hit the ground running type player, might take a bit of bedding in, but any you know much about him or excited for him? He's pretty quick, isn't he, from what I've seen? But they've also signed Nakunku, even that deal was done a year ago, but he's, mm-hmm. he's joined them now as well. Yep. I think that's how you say it. Um, they've got um, David Fafana, who will be with them next season as well. You know, so that they've got instant that already they've got four strikers. <laughs> Bro, Bro's just back from injury. You know, where are all these players going to play? Uh, M- Mudrich was dog shit for them last season uh, when he played. Had a fantastic under-21s tournament. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what I don't know what to say. I don't think I don't think these players are going to get the game time. Like Chelsea on paper, if you're playing football manager next season, they're the team to players because they've got a great squad straight away. Good, good. To, they're always good to go because you can sell the players for a lot of money and then start building a team properly. Putting players in, yeah, correct. Especially if you got, got mates in Saudi Arabia. <coughs> um, <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I I don't know much about him. I don't know I don't know why they've signed him. Like they, what is the, the Maduke, the English lad who they signed oh, yeah. in January as well. Yeah. He he looks like he's a, a YouTube player. Um, he's probably got some talent. But again, these players, they these are young raw players. 
they've got to get a run of games. You've got to embed them into teams, like Kluivert's doing by going to Bournemouth. He'll, if ideally, he'll go there, play a full season, and be fantastic for them, and get a move. These young players, like Mudrick, was in and out of the team at Chelsea last from January when he signed. They spent a hundred million pounds on him. If you don't hit the ground running, especially after the season they've just had with a new manager, you're fucked. Absolutely fucked. And people say that Pochettino is is patient with his players because of how he was before at Southampton and Spurs. That's because he was at Southampton and Spurs where he had 25 players to choose from. If you've got 44 players to choose from or whatever it is they've got there now, and they're all £40 million players plus... How many games are you going to get before someone else is banging the door down? It doesn't breed a good atmosphere. And I think that was part of their problem last season. I don't think it'll get any better this season. Because it's a shame because they have got some, unfortunately, they've got, they've got some very good young talent there. It's just not going to, they can't all get the game time. I'm not sure how it's a shame, personally. The, the more they crumble, the better. The, oh, no, it's not a shame for Chelsea. I'd love that ground just to fall into into the middle of the earth. But, um, <laughs> but for some, some of the players that are there, they've, they've got some incredible players. Very similar to how Man City were at one point when they went out and signed all the best young players. Um, I, I almost named one of them whose name you're not allowed to say on podcasts anymore. Um, but, but but a lot of them just didn't get game time and... and petered off and ended up doing things with girls on beaches in Sunderland um, but uh, I'm not sure I could make that joke I'm really sorry if you have to cut that out um, but yeah so that's the thing you know these young lads are good you know they're in London they, they're earning a lot of money I think they know they're not going to play I'll give you four more players um, and then we'll, we'll give it a wrap at that we'll go for the two Liverpool signings just because one I'm really excited about and the other two people tell me I should be excited about so we've got McAllister obviously coming in and Zobozlai um, from Leipzig, no idea what he's like. People tell me I should be excited. And obviously McAllister was was always a bright spot. Um, two successful stories, do you reckon? Should be. McAllister, certainly. Yeah. Um, with uh, the Hungarian lad, whose name I have to get used to saying. Um, <laughs> That's exactly how I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, again... Can't profess to have watched a lot of Leipzig. We were linked very heavily with them. Wouldn't pay the 60 million clause, whatever it was. Um, again, probably on these FFP rules, but um, looks a very good player. Be interesting yeah. to see how he adapts. And I tell you what, they both take a better penalty than Mo Salah, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets the pen the next season. I, I do feel we wouldn't have paid the 60 million either had we not got McAllister for the absolute mm. ridiculous buyout fee that we managed to get that for, you know, because between the two of them, you can say we got them for like 45 each, which is a little bit better than 60 and 35, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it is madness. Now. I, th- I think Liverpool made, I think these are signings they should have made a year ago, uh, maybe two years ago, to be fair. Um, but as I say, addressing that midfield, I think their next bit of business should be to buy a right back and then put Alexander-Arnold into that third midfield position personally. Um, which I think is something I was saying the last time I was doing this podcast. Um, but yeah, no, really good signings. Uh, the Hungarian fella, as he's going to be known, uh, <laughs> has, has, he's been linked with every major club in Europe. For what, um, Before he went to Leipzig, he almost signed for Arsenal and a few other clubs were very close to getting him. Um, so it, I think it's a bit of a surprise that he's... Again, he was linked to everybody, but there didn't seem to be any competition, especially with that 60 million. It was a buyout clause for him as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, so okay, maybe there is something that we don't know about why people aren't going for him. But everything I've seen him, he looks a very good dynamic midfielder. And obviously McAllister, he's been highly rated since since Brighton first signed him as a youngster. Um, and then yeah, he was brilliant at the World Cup in a in a team full of very good players. Um, he, he he shone so and and he kept it up at Brighton, whereas other players got transfers to clubs. Um, you know, like Enzo, and and didn't really do very well off the back of it. He's he's just shone. So yeah, to snap him, them two up, and um, for that price, like you say, Ali, abs- great business. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Um, we'll see how they go. Um, Kovacic leaving Chelsea to go to City. Um, it's an odd one, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah, good, I, don't, I don't get this signing. Good player. Have they signed him to replace Gundogan? Possibly, but that, yeah, that's not, the talk, isn't it? Not really got the same output Chelsea levels. I wouldn't have Signing without trying to get like for like when you're letting Gundogan go for free and signing Kovacic for thirty million. Mm. 
they are they are similar style of player though I suppose to, to a degree. For me, yeah. I mean, I I put that Gundogan was would set his player of the year last year for me. Um, and, the se- he, and the season he, before. He's sure. just a total total clutch player. Like whenever they have a big game, like he always seems to be the one who scores a goal or you know does something ridiculous to to pull them back into a game or whatever. So they'll miss that element of him, but he's also obviously a leader and whatever else. So a big shoes to fill. How do you feel if you're Calvin Phillips at this point? Like, well, you said he, a day he'd been crying on the phone with Bielsa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, okay, I imagine he's probably been doing that again recently because like, <laughs> he said he wants to stay and fight for his place. You think, right, Gundogan's going to go. That might get him into the team because Phillips, okay, I know like, we know him as more of a deep defensive midfielder, but he can play further forward. Uh, you know, you know, and he has done, but you know, he's he's been all right when he's played for England and and, and gone forward a bit like that. Mm-hmm. So you might be thinking, right, this is my chance, this is my chance, and then they just go and sign <laughs> another aging midfielder from from Chelsea to come and take uh-huh. his position. So I feel for him because like he's up against Rodri, who's probably in a way City's most important player. Like I know obviously yeah. he doesn't get doesn't get the headlines, but Christ, he gets through some work, and he. Uh, Obviously scored the winning goal in the Champions League final, which was quite fitting. I thought I say I really think he knits them together. Um, you're not City, are, City are looking for another midfielder still because they <laughs> wanted Rice, didn't they? So, well, depends if you believe uh, any Luka on that, on that one or not. But, oh, well, yeah, true, true. But better fraud on live video. <laughs> I can imagine there's going to be a time in the season next year where suddenly all of Man City's midfielders get injured. Calvin Phillips is there get thinking, right, this is it. G- getting his training top off. Suddenly Pep puts his boots on. He's just like, sit down. <laughs> sit down, I've got this. <laughs> uh, right, last player. Um, Mason Mount. 60 million to United. How are we feeling about this? I find it I... weird when players go from Teams to each other, especially in their peak at the best of time. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about spending 60 million on Mason Mount. Think, what do you guys think of Mason Mount? Because I think he's shit. Uh, I think I think I rate Mason Mount higher than a lot of people do, but like that's not still saying much. I don't think he's yeah. terrible. I think he's a system player. Like he's got to play in a certain way. Unfortunately for him, like for me, his best positions have been either off the left or behind the striker, i.e. Rashford and Bruno Fernandes. So I don't really know how he's going to fit in this Man United team. It seems like they've got him because he's available, not because they need him. Yes, and he's because they've taken him from Chelsea, I feel. Yeah. He's clearly... He's clearly... There's there's clearly something about him because Arsenal were linked for him as well. Uh, You know, yeah. Uh, So managers must see something in him, but... I, I don't just... know what Mason Mount does. Every England game he plays, he starts, <laughs> and literally he just stands there, out left, doing nothing, gets the ball and gives it back to someone better than him. Well, that's not a bad thing though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, but... yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like, there's probably going to be a time when he gets into a team and he's, like you say, he gets into the right system and he'll be out, out of this world because there's def- there must be something there that we're not that's not being shown. But yeah, I just don't get it. I think that's part of it, though. I think he's he's very good at like following instructions or doing a game plan, which like a manager love. But yeah, I think like the casual fan, like, would you rather watch Mason Mount or would you rather watch, you know, a player who can dribble past other players or would you, you know, like if you if you had to pick between like Mason Mount or James Madison, who are you picking? Yeah, true. He, he, he just seems safe, doesn't he? I suppose. I think that's exactly it. Dream, isn't he? Like, I feel he was he was Chelsea's shining light under Lampard. Yeah, Lampard oh, loved him, didn't he? Because Lampard took him to Derby. I feel yeah. he was really good that year that you know he came back from Derby and Lampard came out. I feel he was he was almost excelling, and as you say, I think it was yourself that said it, Christy, like that behind because Tammy Abraham was getting quite a lot of game time at that time as well, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tomorrow. Yeah. Um, oh, but it, it, what I find most odd about that was you know Pulisic came to the Premier League under Lampard was unbelievable for six months, like. He scored some ridiculous goals, um, and then all of a sudden he got dropped or injured or whatever happened to him, and then he never played again, and now he's gone away. And it's like Chelsea have done this with players for a number of yeah. years now. Where it's like, like uh, it's like, well, you were good for a bit, but now you're not, and we're not going to persist with that. So see you later. <laughs> it's like, and it's like what I was saying earlier on about all these young lads, like they're disposable, aren't they? Hmm. Yeah, 
and especially if you get the English tax of 60 million for Mason Mount, I mean, with one year in his contract. Yeah. Kind of understand why Chelsea have cashed in, but. But didn't they just sell Pulisic for like 18 million as well? Yeah. How is he only worth 18 million and Mason Mount is worth 60? That, it's, it's absolutely bonkers. Yeah, that is bonkers. I feel like they've almost give, they couldn't give him away, which I say, like, I find mad because when he first came, he was good player, like, very, yeah, very quality. good. Yeah, he's quite. Um, but he's gone to Milan with with Ruben Loftus Cheek. Who else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's we'll we'll wrap it at that, boys. We'll um we'll try and get on either next week or the week after, and hopefully there's a wee bit more gossip. We'll try and get the other two numpties on, and we'll get a wee quiz <laughs> on the teams and get any Dec- updates. Because um, Declan Rice still won't have been announced. Absolutely not, and and Everton still won't have signed anybody under the age of forty. Um, <laughs> I cannot wait to have Carl on. It's going to be an absolute tremendous season. Um, oh. With Carl. Shane Long Appreciation Society. Oh, boy, oh, boy. The fact <laughs> that Ashley Young might be their greatest signing this season. Um, again, who's a great signing? But we'll, we'll see. Um, Dave, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you and, and what's on at the moment? What's coming out? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CM9798. The website is cm9798.co.uk. Um, we've got yeah, about five blogs a week at the minute. My current one has just started it's the brits abroad and we're continuing the game soon as his work at benfica by filling the squad with very average british players jordan henderson playing well back in <laughs> back in 1987 there'd be about 10 but um <laughs> better back then he was actually like <laughs> he, was, he was an attacking attacking right winger <laughs> yeah, he, was a, he was a five-star skill player back in those days wasn't he absolutely um chris anything for yourself sir uh, you, you probably shouldn't follow me on social media at the moment. It's probably not a nice place. Um, but yeah, you can find me on like Instagram uh, and Twitter uh, xix blue wolf xix if you really want to. But I will apologise in advance. Well, I'll be sunshine and butterflies soon enough. Soon hopefully, enough. hopefully. <laughs> you can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms, all those good places you find your podcast. Please like, rate, subscribe. Um, I'd be lying if I could tell you 100% that Chris and that are bringing out weekly shows at the moment. Um, everybody's probably kind of just still in holiday mode from football, but we will we try to come back either weekly, maybe fortnightly, um, for the time being. Once the season gets close by, we'll get you a preview show. We'll do the, the world-famous league prediction that goes oh so well for all of us. Um <laughs> But yeah, we'll try and get back. Now that the, the season is in the horizon, we will try and get back fairly regularly um, with Chris, Dave, Simon and Carl obviously there. So we'll, there will always be a, a, a good mix of bunch um, joining you on the regular. So, gentlemen, thank you as always for joining me. Cheers, Ali. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, gents. It's been a pleasure. I'm sorry if I waffled. Not at, Not at all. all. Great to have you back. Thank you at home for listening. And always remember... Keep your man in the post. <laughs>